You're listening to the School of Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Roger Osorio. I'm the author of The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose. I'm also the founder of The School of Reinvention, a community-based coaching platform where we help people define success on their terms and reinvent themselves to make it happen. I believe that as the years pass, our values, passions, and purpose evolve, and we must reinvent ourselves in order to stay aligned with who we really are and what matters to us. This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the School of Reinvention podcast. I am your host, Roger Osorio. I'm a reinvention coach and speaker and author of The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose. I'm really excited to be here with Andrea Wade, who is the founder and Chief Brand Manager of Diamond Brand Amplification, a brand management and marketing consulting firm that develops and implements strategies to strengthen engagement with and connection to various stakeholders and customer segments. She has substantial experience in the areas of brand development, positioning, advertising, promotions, sponsorships, lifestyle marketing, and market research. Andrea is also known as the queen of the pivot and has reinvented herself multiple times along her 20 plus year career. She is someone who has always followed her curiosity and along her journey to reinvention, she has gone from teaching kindergarten to publishing, from implementing payroll systems to product management for an e-commerce company, from the mortgage industry to the entertainment industry, from employee to entrepreneur, back to employee. She has worked in various industries, including retail, publishing, financial services, education, entertainment, and across for-profit and non-profit sectors. Some of the companies that she's worked for include Creative Artists Agency, Bank of America, Mattel, Deloitte, Arthur Anderson, AARP, Curls Hair Brand, Me and the Bees Lemonade, UCLA Anderson, and Teach for America. I mean, you are seriously like the perfect candidate for the School of Reinvention podcast. (laughs) I think we just taught the whole lesson right there. That's right. That's right. We're done. This is what's possible. So, I mean, you are the queen of the pivot. So tell us, what does pivot mean to you? Let's start right there. So pivot literally means that. I mean, slight changes, they can take you in a different direction. And as you mentioned in my intro or kind of in my bio is that I I follow curiosity. So certain things um, maybe have been of interest and I've pursued them alongside with something else and then they end up turning into an actual opportunity. So I I think that's the key thing. And, And when I started focusing on pivot, it was really about giving people the ability or the permission if they needed it to kind of take control of their professional lives and just to follow in the direction that that maybe something was pulling them in. I like that. I like specifically what you said about taking control of your professional life. I think that that right there is probably like the the line that sums it up best. You know, when I think about the journey to reinvention, that's exactly what I'm really referring to as well. It's just this this idea that we can take control of making sure that the career part of our lives is aligned with like the internal part of who we are and making sure that we stay in sync as, as much as we can. Obviously, there will be moments where we get a little out of sync, and that happens. But nevertheless, taking control, I think, is the key right there. Now, you've had quite the journey to reinvention. You know, I just rattled off like all of these places you've been and all these things that you've done. Let's talk a little bit about this. At a high level, I'd love to hear maybe a couple or a few stories about perhaps some of like the toughest moments or some of the biggest insights that you've learned along that journey of making all those twists and turns. 
And the last thing I'll say is, you know, also with maybe some emphasis on the transitions. I think that's what a lot of listeners are, you know, they're concerned about because it's the part that we don't know. Like nobody trains us or prepares us for these transitions, especially like when they're as significant as yours, like, you know, going from, you know, um, gosh, I want to go back to teaching kindergarten to publishing. Those are pretty big transitions. And so, you know, if you can emphasize some of those moments, uh, that would be great as well. So yeah, tell us about that journey. Sure, sure. Well, and and I'll even even start like as if we start with teaching and we think about um for me that was my first job after college and I actually thought I was going in a different direction. So I, I now I can look back and see that I'm someone who started pivoting early, didn't have language for it, but I was looking for opportunities where there were training programs or something. I thought, you know, definitely I would be business focused, even though I'd gone to a liberal arts college. So I was in the final rounds of interviewing for investment banking. I was on Wall Street for like what they used to call, I think, Super Saturday. And just I, the the day was just kind of different for me. I think I was one of few women, maybe one, if not the only person of color. It just it just didn't feel like it was the direction I needed to go in. And then I think a week or so after that, one of my classmates mentioned to me the program Teach for America and the whole idea of, you know, then it was new. No one, it was it was just launching. But the, the whole idea of like, hey, they're going to put you in certain neighborhoods. You commit to teaching for two years. And I had come from one of those neighborhoods. So it was just like, wow, I can do that for two years. And that was literally how I thought about it. And I think they were coming to campus like a week later. So I got my application in and um, got everything together and showed up at that interview. And so end up going in a totally different direction. So I, I think that kind of was the first sign to me that it was, it was a matter of me listening to myself and following my interests, again, following my curiosity. So it, it was one of those where it's like I made the decision. I maybe mentioned it to different people, but didn't talk too much about it or maybe didn't listen to what other people were saying because it felt right to me. And although I thought I'll ultimately end up in business, I felt pretty confident that, no, I can do this and there'll be positive things that come from it that I can use along my journey. Didn't know that I would continue to employ that approach, but when you talk about transitions, I think that's the thing that I want to make sure that people know to do is to to get quiet and to listen to yourself and to to really kind of understand what is motivating you or what's maybe pulling you in a particular direction or maybe pushing you away from one direction, even if you're not quite sure on on where you want to go. So that was that was one kind of transition I think at the beginning of my journey. And then some others came um, just along with even industry changes or something. So I when you haven't experienced a layoff, the first time you do, it's really jarring. I think the first time I experienced a layoff and I have to think about it or, or something where I left a job and I, I realized that lack of control that I felt. And, and I never wanted to feel that again, you know, so, so it was a matter of maybe something we'll get to later. It was just like, okay, well, how can I pay attention to certain things so that I'll know 
I should get ready or I shouldn't be surprised if something happens or I already have another plan or, or something kind of uh, uh, underlying that to help propel me because I, I just didn't want to have that that feeling, that lack of control again. So, you know, I went a little off from your no, question, no, no. but, I, I, but well, I, I think that gives a, gives foundation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that and that was part of your journey. So definitely something that, you know, yeah. you took away from it. I, I wanted to go back to something you said that I think is really important for anyone listening to take away. It was this feeling that you got on Super Saturday, you know, when you were going down that path onto Wall Street, that right there, like, you know, you, you trusted that feeling, you trusted your intuition, you you went with what didn't feel right. And you you decide or you listen to what didn't feel right. And you decided to take some action, even though others didn't agree with that and thought, wait, what are you doing? You're on this path. It's great. This is the place to be. This is the most successful path you can be on. And you knew it didn't feel right for a variety of reasons. And you found an alternative, something that felt right and felt good for you to pursue. I think that's really important right there. I just wanted to lift that up because that's easier said than done, right? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if we, we could have a whole episode just on what that feeling, like you listening to that feeling, but also probably like maybe even a little scared. Tell me, like, how did that, I mean, just give us a little bit of like, how did that feeling feel? Because sure. I'm sure that didn't just happen like in a snap of a finger that you made a decision. No, that feeling was very strong and that's what stayed with me. I'd been someone who always made kind of practical decisions, even from an early age. I mean, we think at that point you're graduating college, but I, I was clear. I was like, nope, this just doesn't, this doesn't feel right. At the same time, like I can rewind a few years when I, uh, prior to that, even before going to college, when I was, um, I was a dancer. And so I was taking a lot of dance classes and things, but I realized I reached a point where I either needed to get a scholarship or dancing was probably just going to be a hobby just because we couldn't afford the the classes like for me to get to that the, the number of classes I needed to take to get to that next level. And so at that point when I didn't win the scholarship, I realized okay, dancing will just be a hobby and that's fine and I moved on. And so with with Teach for America and the decision to to go that path, I'd never wanted to be a teacher. Like that was never in my my mind or desire or anything. So I knew at least I was thinking, this is a short-term decision. Like this is a decision. And it was like, I'm making a commitment for two years and then I'll, I'll figure out what's next. And, and when I looked at it like that, then it took away, I don't know, some of the gravity or we put so much pressure on ourselves to make decisions that are supposed to, you know, propel us forward for the rest of our life. And, and I knew, I was like, no, this is not a decision for the rest of my life. This is a decision for the next two years. <laughs> and so, and maybe about a year in, I'll start trying to figure out what that is, or while I'm doing this, I can still do explore these other things. So that was always my like, yeah, I'm going to have this job, but my schedule is this. I can figure out that over here. I can explore that. And I did that while, while teaching. So yes, I was teaching, but at the time, um, our schools were, were year round, uh, at least in Los Angeles. I don't know concept. I don't know if it exists anymore. So when we had, um, where I would be on for four months off for two. So when I was off in those two months, like one time I did an internship with a magazine because I was interested in publishing and I wanted to understand how magazines worked because I had this dream of launching my own magazine. And so I was able to do those things. I always kind of pursued things while I had a job. There was always the, well, what else am I going to do? What else am I going to learn while I'm doing this? And so that's something that's continued throughout my journey. 
one of the things that you mentioned there that I think for me stands out a lot is this internship with this magazine, with this magazine company in the publishing world, which, you know, then later turned into more work in the publishing world, it seems right. And so I think that, you know, when sometimes people ask, like, how how do you make like such a major pivot? It's, it's usually not major. It's there, there was usually a seed planted, almost always, actually, there's a seed planted Mm -hmm. somewhere along the journey to that. And, you know, whether it was, I did this one internship on the side, because I thought to myself, what else could I do while I'm also doing this thing? What else can I learn? That answer was an internship in a magazine. And that, of course, planted a seed that you were able to draw on later. But the other thing that you mentioned, which I think is also very important for people who are listening in and considering a reinvention, is that not every decision has to be made strictly because it is like something you absolutely love. Or like this is, I can only do this because I know with all of my heart that I love this thing, teaching or whatever it might be. You mentioned that a big part of that decision was strategic. You were trying to buy yourself time to figure out another move. And so for you, you know, it it helped you justify that is what I heard. And I think that's a really important thing to consider is that Mm -hmm. not every decision is forever or has to be forever. I mean, you decide ultimately if it's forever or not. And so if it it could just be to buy time, sometimes I say, I I think about parts of my journey where I simply took a step because I thought it would bring me closer to another step that I really wanted. And it was a means to an end. I enjoyed it to the extent that I could, but I knew that this wasn't the ultimate thing that I wanted to do. But I knew that I had a reason why. And that reason why helped me enjoy the time that I did spend there, however limited that time might have been so that I could get to the next thing. So I think that's a really important part of your story there is that it was a strategic decision. And from time to time, part of your reinventor journey will be strategic, you know, for anybody listening in. And that's okay. Like, think about it. It doesn't always have to be the thing you love that comes next. It might be there's an intermediate step and you found an intermediate step and it was perfectly I guess, like already, you know, uh, partitioned into like a nice two year experience that you knew you can get into and out of pretty quickly, you know, within a short period of time. And you had a timeline for learning more about yourself while you were doing that. Absolutely. Absolutely. You said um, something that's key. Uh, I think your reason why. And uh, and there's a lot of talk about that. But I think that's key to anyone making a decision, particularly when it comes to your professional journey. Why are you choosing to take a certain role? Why are you choosing to stay in one? Why are you choosing to leave one? Why or how or what are you choosing what's next? Because a lot of times we're we're not really being honest with ourselves or going deep enough, maybe in our thought, when we are evaluating the different paths that we can take. And so that is what is that I think is so key and that people really need to give attention to Mm -hmm. is, is your why's understanding your why for all of the decisions, the, the, the direct ones and the ones that are just the react, the proactive and the reactive decisions. That, you know, that, that's something I, I, we, we're going to riff later on a bunch of topics, but actually I think this is Mm -hmm. an important one. And I love the way you put that because this idea, like, you know, really understanding your why and how this fits into this part of your journey and why Mm -hmm. it fits into your journey and understanding that I think is so important because it might be strategic. It might not be, it might be a means to an end. It might be the end for now until your, your passions, your values and your purpose evolves. I teach uh, some of this, like through, I borrow an idea from professor Clayton Christensen. He passed away a couple of years ago. Um, and he taught at uh, Harvard business school. And one of the key ideas that he brought to the world was the theory of jobs to be done. 
And I don't know if you've, you've heard, it sounds like it's ringing a bell. I, I've heard of it, yes. Bell. Just recently, though, uh, actually, just, just well, recently. There's a great yeah. book called Competing Against Luck. If you want a crash course on it in, in like okay, 200 pages okay. or less, you'll get that. Uh, yeah. It's called Competing Against Luck. Great book. I love it. But this idea essentially is saying this, that it's important to understand what the customer actually wants out of something. Your customer will never want your product. The customer doesn't want a drill. The customer doesn't want a bed. The customer doesn't want a laptop. The customer doesn't want an expensive bag. They want what all of those things can help them get. You know, and, and the simplest example that he always uses is the drill. He goes, nobody wants a drill. Mm -hmm. They want the hole in the wall that the drill can make. Yes. That's what they want. Nobody says, I can't wait to buy the mm -hmm. drill today. That will accomplish everything in my life that I wanted and said no one ever. And so it's important for us to understand that in terms of products, but I think it's also important for us to think about how that applies to our lives, our careers and what we're doing. And a lot of times I ask people like when someone young, like young people come to me for advice about making the decision to go for their MBA, I go, look, honestly, I don't know if that's the right decision or not. Tell me what yeah. you ultimately want. I want to know what's the hole in the wall. What's the True. thing that the MBA will get you. Mm -hmm. And some people, have that very clearly in mind. So for them, the mm -hmm. MBA is a means to an end and it is a very good means to that particular end because sometimes it's not. Sometimes I'm like, whoa, your end is way over there and this path is way over here. Not sure how they sync up. You're going to need to figure that out if you're actually going to do this. Or sometimes I find that people don't know uh, what the end is. And for now, the end is the MBA. And I go, look, there's, right. if that's what you really want, there's nothing wrong with that. And you can pursue that. Absolutely. However, just make sure that you are certain of this, that this is what you want, because you're mm -hmm. about to spend two years, one or two years, depending on the program and mm -hmm. a lot of money on, on this money. path. Mm -hmm. It's time away from your career. If you go the full-time route or it's time away from family and friends on weekends and, you know, nights and all that, if you go the part-time route, regardless, it's a massive commitment of time and money. And so mm -hmm. just make sure that this is what you actually want, because this is a it's a big commitment. And so it's this idea Absolutely. of understanding the difference between the ends and the means to an end and also then challenging your idea of what a good means to an end is. And right. I feel like you found a really great strategy and a really great means to your end um, that's satisfied and no doubt checked off a lot of boxes. You said you're very practical yeah. in your thinking. And so no doubt you made yes. sure that it checked off all the boxes you needed. Yes so that you can get closer to where you really wanted to be, which like you said, you wanted to be back in business. At some point you wanted to be back in the business world. So mm -hmm. you knew what you wanted. That was your North star. Um, any thoughts or comments on that and how that maybe has applied or other stories you might have to share around that? Yeah. So you're, you're exactly right. So if you think about it, knowing that, uh, well, for me, knowing that I, I wanted to be in business, but yet I'd gone to liberal arts college. Then I'd gone into teaching. Then I went into publishing, like so educational publishers. I, I ended up um, at Scholastic. That was, you know, so I did go back to school. I made the decision to go back to school, went and got my MBA. And for me, that decision was just that, or, or rather the process was just that. It was like, what what is my end goal? And I remember sitting on a plane and I sat next to a man. He was, let's say at the time, maybe he was early 30s or something like that. I remember he looked like Tom Cruise, you know, so very clean cut, all mm -hmm. this, you know, um, very friendly. And we started talking and he had his MBA from Columbia. And I had always thought about business school. And it was one of those things. Again, remember, I was interviewing on on Wall Street. And so my mother was just didn't understand why 
I wasn't going straight to grad school. And I had to explain to her, I was like, well, you don't go straight to grad school, not for business school. You need to work for a few years and all of that. So here was, I had a couple of experiences, you know, working in, in publishing where I realized, yeah, I, I business school is going to be really helpful, like in terms of what I can learn. But then sitting on, on the plane next to him and what he said to me, he was like, people just assume that I'm smart because I have the MBA. And, and so for him, where I'm looking in terms of his package, like he shows up in one way and is given a certain benefit of the doubt, but yet the MBA, he chose to pursue that, it gave him additional credibility. And so I knew there would be things that I would learn, but I was just like, wow, that's additional credibility. There's certain questions I'm not going to get asked because I have this degree. So then going through the process and all kind of the practical things of like, okay, well, where am I going to go and how am I going to pay for it and all of that? And I, and I worked that out. But so that was oh so many years ago. Now to your point, if I were talking to someone else, you know, with all of this that's available as far as digital learning and online resources and everything, it would be an entirely different conversation to my younger self about if I were going to go to business school or how I would approach it, you know, so are just my considerations. There's still value there, but there's so many alternatives and other options that I think your the, the consideration set would be different. But that whole thing of like, okay, why am I making a decision? What do I hope to get out of it? You know, all, all along the way, it was like, I went to business school and thinking, oh, I'm going to go into entertainment. Like that's been an interest. There've been things I've been, I've been focused on the industry for, for so long and then got there and realized, well, I can't work in entertainment and pay these loans back, you know? So again, kind of practicality. It was like, so I will be in entertainment at some point, but right now I have to pay these loans and I need to learn some more business fundamentals because remember I came from non-traditional background teaching and publishing. And so that's where it's like I'd been doing internships and things and everyone thought, oh, yeah, she's she's the entertainment person. She's going to go to entertainment. And then I ended up in consulting. And and again, to everyone else, they were like, how did that happen when you were going down this path? And it was like, well, no, the opportunity presented itself. And again, I kind of checked off. It was like, I can do consulting and get this skill set and that's what led me to, you know, kind of implementing systems. I had no background in that. Uh, and, but that skill set will help me down the road. So again, it, like, so I evaluated as like, hmm, what can I learn? How does this benefit me? It's almost like I'm, I'm, I'm building kind of a, a basket of toys mm -hmm. or tools, yeah. things that I can just, I just have with me. And, and, and when I need them, I can pull it out. I can leverage this mm -hmm. or that. That's how I've approached many of my, my different experiences. I, I, I love that. And I love what you said about you know, the decision to go to Deloitte when everyone thought, and you thought probably yourself that you were going to end up in entertainment and yet you ended up in consulting and that was not expected but to your point it was an opportunity that came up something that came up along the journey and you know again because you and i are both interested in this topic of pivoting and reinvention one of the things mm -hmm. that I, I i'm not sure if you've heard of this project I, I did some research on this for my book it was it's called the dark horse project and i cannot remember if it's harvard oh. university or where mm -hmm. it comes from but i think it's harvard university that does this one as well and essentially what they're studying are career paths and they're trying to understand how linear are successful career paths in reality or are they not mm. linear? And what the, what the project has found is that most career paths that are successful are not linear at all. When you zoom out 
on a career, yes, the line looks pretty straight and smooth. But when you zoom in, there are some crazy wild zigzags in there that you can't mm -hmm. see when you're zoomed out looking at just like the high level points. You're looking at the main ones and they, they do form a straight line. But there were a lot of zigzags in there. And one of the insights that came out of the study was when people were asked, you know, how did you make those decisions? Because there's so many crazy wild zigzags. It almost seems like there was mm -hmm. no sense to that. But yet somehow you right. made it to the end result, right? What you wanted. Right. And they said that, well, I never plot, like plotted out or mapped out like the whole career. I always took it one, like the next role was the only role I ever yes. thought about. And that was it. Like I never thought two or three roles ahead of that. I just thought, what's right. the next thing that feels right right now? Like, what is it that makes sense for me today? You know, to your point, there were some skills you wanted to learn. So this thing made sense. It was, it came up, it was available to you. You could learn something that will help you later down the road. And to your point, you had this mindset of I'm, I'm putting together a tool belt of skills and, and different uh, areas mm -hmm. of expertise that I want to bring along my journey so that I can, you know, enhance it. And that's what you were doing. You were taking it probably no doubt one decision at yeah. a time, which would make it doable to go into consulting instead of entertainment. Absolutely. Whereas if you were fixed in your head, no, must go to entertainment, no matter what, quitters never win. And you really just dug in your heels. Yeah. You could have yeah. ended up in a really bad situation, unprepared, not ready enough for that opportunity. And I think that that right there is like a really important story of yours. It's about what comes up and it's okay when things pop up, evaluate them. They might feel right. And if they are, then go for it. <laughs> you can always continue. There's way more journey left. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. No, it's, it, it, it's interesting because, you know, I have, I have a friend who, let's say we were both in business school together and she went to a company and stayed there for 20 plus years in different roles and everything. But it, it just my path was just so different, yeah. you know, so from, so from that. And, and we both could look to each other and just, and, and admire different elements from each other's journey, but our, our journeys were our journeys, very yeah. distinct, very, very much suited for, for who we, who we are um, as individuals. And, and, and that's that again, kind of tying it back to, it was like pivot or reinvention. That's why it's so, so key for me because it, I want people to feel like they have room to evolve and to just because you've been going in one direction doesn't mean that you can't shift or or pivot. And, and the other, just to draw attention to it, because a lot of times people don't realize that they have made certain pivots and they're just not not aware. And usually like sometimes the pivots are are tied to to age ranges. So if you think about like you come out of you come out of college. So your 20s, your early to mid 20s, that's usually one stage. And, and if you look at it in terms of career, you're maybe in that job. Um, and then that's the point where you decide, am I going to graduate school or am I going to go do something else? I mean, because you're just you're getting a lot of information at that point and you're synthesizing it and figuring out how it works for you. And then so think the late 20s to kind of early 30s, that's another pivot because maybe you've gone to grad school or if not, you've shifted, you've shifted jobs or industries or shifted roles. Maybe if, if you stayed in the same industry, but then other factors in your life, it was like, maybe you're, you know, you're with a partner or you're starting a family or, you know, you have different obligations. So there are these pivots that happen. Um, it's just that people may not be aware of them. And, and so if I can give people information to draw attention to so they're more intentional and more conscious of when certain 
things or when they're having certain feelings or being pulled in a particular way, they kind of understand the why. And like you're saying at this part on your journey, it might be, nope, I need to go here because it's the predictable job. I've got three kids under a certain age, you know, so whatever it happens to be just for people to understand and to make the decision that's going to support their full life. Mm -hmm. You know, I want, I want to double click on this one thing that you said, which I think is really important to all of this. And and it's like having room to evolve. You said this, like, you know, creating that room. And I was in a conversation, a, a podcast conversation actually with someone else who was telling me about like this idea to always leave a little bit of uh, bandwidth for those opportunities that might come up, those those mm-hmm. projects that might find their way into your life, that if you are always operating at max capacity and always at full capacity, you have to say no to, or you'll at least feel like you have to say no to. Right. And she's learned to always leave a little bit of room for that interesting project or that interesting idea and if nothing else room because you're human (laughs) you don't have to like max out every minute of your life or anything like that and so i love the way you put it because you i think you're thinking about it at an even higher level in terms of room to evolve room to maybe consider another Mm -hmm. next step even if it wasn't part of the original plan and that's okay right like it and there and to your point how it fits into different parts of our lives and different stages of our of our life journey you know, maybe a, maybe we're starting a family. All of a sudden, the plan may not make sense anymore, may not jive with mm-hmm. that part of our lives. And so we, you know, there's an opportunity to evolve in a different way. So if, to your point, we leave room for that. That's it. And we're aware of it. Leaving room, but yet being aware. Yeah. And even if you aren't aware, to your point, leaving room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Exactly. You know, you are the queen of the pivot. And when I look yes. at your uh, LinkedIn and that's where I primarily know you from, your LinkedIn profile, and I see your posts and all of that, you are literally the queen of the pivot. Um, Yet we look at your job and I'm like, wait, that's not her job. (laughs) She's not doing that. She's doing something else. Tell us a little bit about what inspired you to become the queen of the pivot. And most importantly, share all of these insights and value with people who are on their journey trying to figure out their next pivot. Great question. As we've been talking about, and I've been sharing here, it there are things that have led me to make the decisions and have, have led me on my journey. And what I realized, it, it's it's just who I am and how I've operated. There are other people that I've worked with. There was a point in time and I'm managing what I call lifestyle personalities or, or experts. And I say that my superpower, my talent is, is that I can, once I understand what someone else does or what they're good at, I can see a whole picture of like options for them. And so that comes into play. Sometimes someone is doing something that they're really good at, but they're not enjoying it so much, or they have certain skills and they're not sure how else they might be able to, to apply it or in what way. So I started thinking, it was like, well, this could be something I could help people with, but my, my language, it, it wasn't really connecting and, and I could see it, but I couldn't articulate it. Then fast forward, I mean, we have the pandemic and and people are doing a lot of introspection and everything, a lot, a lot of changes going on. We start to have the the layoffs and all of that. So so for me, all of those things kind of crystallized. I was like, whoa, I see people going through a lot of this stuff. And so me posting on LinkedIn and kind of positioning myself that way was a way of like, wow, I'm in an environment, in a world where people don't have control of things. 
because we're in we're in a pandemic. There are layoffs happening. There's this recession or pseudo recession, whatever they want to call it. It's like, how can I help people to feel empowered? And again, going back to helping them take control of their professional lives. And that's where it started from for me. It was like, as I want to and like and and again, similar to how I approach a lot of things, like I'm not sure, I, I mean, where this leads, I, you know, I, I have an idea, I have something I'm working towards, but I was like, but let me, let me just start getting this messaging out there. And, and part of it came from, is like, I did, I, I, I worked with friends. Like I thought about the things that friends have come to me for. And, and there have been people that I kind of coached them through this process or to help them to determine what was next for them. And through that, I realized, oh, there are people out there who don't even know the questions to ask. They just have a certain feeling and they're they're really searching or they're feeling disempowered and demoralized because they have been laid off. And I know what that feels like, you know, to to, to be laid off and to not be expecting it. So that's that's where it started from. I was like, let me just put information out there, see what, how people are responding back, see how I can be helpful. And then what this leads to. It's also part two, because for me, it's, it's a different, it's a different world now. Like there, there's so much going on and being offered digitally. And I, you know, it's my attempt to, well, wow, let me be part of this and tap into or find my community or tap into a community because this is going to lead to so many other things. And, and so, again, if you think about my, my curiosity as kind of a roadmap, it started for me being curious, seeing what other people were doing and, and trying to find my, my place and my people. And that led me to, well, wow, this is, and, and the queen of the pivot is something people get it. Like it, it crystallizes and, and people are just like, well, what does that mean? And then when I tell the story, it's like, well, it's, it's what I've done. And, and I see images. So you remember I was a dancer. So I see myself, yep, I was pivoting and twirling and moving all along. And, and so that helped me to, to, to crystallize it for myself. So I can, what I want to do is inspire people to say, Hey, no, it's, it's fun. It's an adventure. It was like, you, you don't have to approach it from a place of being scared, but approach it from a place of curiosity and exploring and, and just really just being open to what's coming next. So that's kind of how that, that came together again. And it, in my mind, it all fits yeah. because of course it's like, I'm doing a bunch of different things and I do this, you know, so, and if I can help people and put information out there, that's, that's what I want yeah. to do. And that's what I'm doing. Well, you know, it's, so it's interesting because I'm thinking about, so, you, you know, you're, you're in branding and I'm thinking to myself here, well, you've done a heck of a job branding yourself as the queen of the pivot, because honestly, like I didn't even think to look at, oh, what's her current job until I was reading, you know, what you submitted yeah. for this interview in terms of your bio. And I go, wait a minute, nothing about the queen of the pivot in this bio. This, <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. this Batman? Like, you know, she has a whole nother <laughs> life going on. Yeah, she, whole it's like life. Bruce yeah. Wayne, the billionaire. And then by <laughs> night, queen yeah. of the pivot. And right, I, uh, right, right. I'm the superhero. Yeah, I'm like, what's going on <laughs> here? Funny. I go, wow. I just got shocked yeah. as I'm prepping for this uh, interview. Yeah. And so, well, you know, that I mean, that just what, what I'm trying to say there is you've done a great job of branding yourself yeah. and building that up to the point that I didn't even think to look to see what the role is. I just assumed, yeah. oh, she's probably coaching people, helping, like, you know, doing all, like yeah. full time doing all of this. So mm -hmm. great job uh, in launching that. And I appreciate you sharing that story. 
So as we wrap up this conversation in this final segment, I've picked out five key ideas that I found okay. in your posts where you were sharing all that value and trying to help people find the right questions to their feelings and all of that. And let's just like riff on each of these a little bit, you know, and I think this would be fun because when we discovered each other, which was, of course, through your posts about yeah. pivoting yeah. on LinkedIn, you know, you responded, I think, to something that I had posted. We kind of went back and forth. Mm -hmm. I loved your idea about it. And then I and I think I thought, oh, my God, it'd be great to just talk about this on a podcast. Yeah, and I loved Well, it. then I said, yeah. well, let me find five ideas that I want to talk to her about on the podcast on my podcast. So here we go. Uh, signals that it's time to pivot your career. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that. You know, what are some of the signals that people can tune into? You were starting to allude to this a little bit in your story. So I think that the signals can be, you know, proactive or reactive. So, so proactive might be you've been in a particular industry for a certain number of years and you're just feeling stagnant or not so inspired. You, you have good knowledge, but you feel like you could be using it in a different way. And maybe you just don't see the opportunities there, or you feel like the, the industry is, is just slow to evolve. Um, or you've always, you've always had an interest in another industry. So that's one. The, the, that's more from the proactive, you're paying attention to the signs around you. The other reactive, the signs around you is that things are actually happening. Maybe there been layoffs or if there haven't been layoffs yet, maybe you're a publicly traded company and you, you know, the earnings reports aren't good. Um, you're, you're seeing the, the signs on the wall, certain investments that used to happen, things are decreasing. They're just certain positions that were open, they're not being filled or they're going, they're disappearing. There are those signs that go on that sometimes people just don't pay attention to. And it's not to be to be pessimistic, but be a realist. It was like, oh, there there could be changes going on. You know, it was like, don't have your head in the sand. And so when you see those things, I mean, you could be fine because companies are, are always going to need to have a, a certain baseline of people. But it, it's a matter of, okay, are you maintaining or do you have interest of you know, wanting to progress or wanting to be stimulated. So that's, that's the information. When I talk about signals, those are the things to, to pay attention to, to what's actually going around. And, and in your own personal situation, are you someone who's being nurtured? Are there future opportunities for you? Does your, your manager speak to you about future opportunities? Maybe you're okay again with just being in that, that same position. But if, You've been there a couple of years and there haven't been the promotions or there haven't been the other things that would signal to you that there's a future there. Then that's that's when you might want to start listening internally to figure out what's most important to you and then to to put a plan in place to to react accordingly. I love that right there. I mean, a lot of very clear signs that if you are experiencing this or thinking about this right now. I mean, there, there you have it. These are absolute mm -hmm. signals that it might be time for a pivot. I know that one that I talk a lot about, which, you know, you shared as well, I, I just worded a little differently is this idea of, you know, this, this job that was once upon a time, a dream job may not feel so dreamy anymore. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and that that's okay. Like it, it's okay for that to happen. Right. It just means you grew a little bit. You developed, you developed in Absolutely. a slightly different direction than the job. And that's cool. That happens. There's nothing wrong with like moving away or pivoting away from something like that. Um, uh, for me, my, my first signal was I felt there was something that I could be better at. 
Um, specifically, I mm -hmm. felt that there was something out there that I could be outstanding at. I was doing well in my job. And so it wasn't even a matter of like, this is not going well for me. It was going well for me. I would say I was mostly good, if not at times, maybe even close to being great at times. But outstanding was something that I felt was never going to happen in this role or in this work. And I found something that I'm like, I, I think I could be outstanding at this. And so that's what over, of course, many months of thinking, reflecting, planning and all of that made me decide that, hey, it's time to pivot into something else, which took me to teaching math for many years, you know, and eventually I pivoted away from that. And so I appreciate what you share there, because I think, yeah, these are reasons that I have felt uh, along my own journey. Let's move to the, the, the next big idea here that you shared recently. Uh, one is uh, figuring out the direction to take when you're pivoting. So, you know, I think you were in this post, you were speaking to people who might not even be sure what the next step is. And you talk about the power of and the importance of having a direction set before you figure out, before you start taking moves. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So that goes uh, back to the idea of like giving yourself room to, to evolve. But this is also, this is kind of what I call like the, the review or reflection period. So if you take some time to think about things that you've really enjoyed in, in the course of your life, it could, it could even be going back to when you were in childhood or in grade school or something, what were the things that really interested you that you could just kind of lose yourself in um, and, and, and see where that has maybe shown up? The other thing is to talk to your friends, talk to the people around you, or even to, to talk to people that, that know you in a work context and, and, and to ask them, it was like, hmm, what do you, what, when you think of me, what do you see as my strengths or, or in, and to listen, because what may come up could be things that you weren't even thinking of. But when you give some some time to it to to think about it, you realize, wow, that's that's consistent. And yeah, I I, I really do enjoy that. So so for example, like I I um in a lot of my 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 roles when I was in certain corporate environments, I would usually get pulled into recruiting and. I, it, like wasn't my day job, but it was just something about they knew it was like I was good with interacting with people and I enjoyed that or I'd get pulled into if they had certain mentorship programs or things. And and that was something that it, it wasn't something that I pursued as a career, but it was something that was of interest to me. So now kind of fast forward and think about even going back to your question about like Queen of the Pivot, how did that come about? It comes from my desire to you know, kind of mentor others and, and wanting to give them information to help them be their best selves or live their best life. So I, I think for people to, to listen to themselves, look at past patterns, where have you had successes? What have you enjoyed? What do people who know you or who work with you say about you? And, and to really kind of see what all those things have in common. If you had a hobby or something and you weren't pursuing it, I mean, Figure out like what opportunities could could be that could be there, you know. So um, for that, when I tell people, and, and you mentioned it, like I went from mortgage industry to entertainment. Well, it's because I'd been interested in following entertainment for so many years. Like I knew the industry, I knew the ins and outs and the nuances and things. And so, although I was, you know, living this one life in my day job, when a colleague mentioned to me that a friend of theirs was hiring at a talent agency. I already knew, okay, 
there's not going to be a job description. There's not that. But if I can get in the room and get the interview, this is how I position my experience to because based on what they're doing and all of that, like it was just because I'd been following the industry and following that company for so long that at that point, the pivot, although big, if you just look at it on paper, when I was able to to get in front of someone and speak to it, it, it made complete sense. And so that's what I want people to do when I say, you know, kind of allocating time to figure out what direction to take. It was like, if you're going to make a move, have it be a move that's meaningful for you. You know, it's like we talked about earlier that, you know, it, it like the publishing example, but there are always like seeds we plant. And I think what, you're, what I'm hearing you say is like, go back and look for some of those seeds. You may not have intended to plant them as a seed, but they're still scattered about somewhere. And if you pour a little water on them, just to keep that metaphor going, you know, they might grow and develop or they may not. If you don't want to pour water on them, you don't have to. Right. But it sounds like for you, you know, the entertainment industry was always something for you. It was something you were definitely cultivating. You were you were not letting it just die out. So you kept that land fertile and you just kept on. And when the time was right, you were going to really go into it and start doing that. I think about my own journey and a lot of what you just shared in terms of the direction. I had started tutoring math on the side while I was working in that corporate job. And I loved that time that I spent doing it. You know, what I often say about it is I loved the version of Roger that showed up to those sessions. I go, who is this guy? I like this guy a lot. And I'm not saying that I hate the other guy. I'm just saying the other guy, I don't like him as much as I like this guy. (laughs) This guy, whoa, who is this guy? This guy's a really cool guy. And and, and I didn't even notice it myself, like in terms of like, I still didn't spot it as much as I enjoyed it. I didn't spot it until somebody pointed it out to me. And you mentioned sometimes your friends will point it out to you or they're, they're better positioned to do it. And I remember, in fact, the opening to my book, I share that story in the opening, like the very first page of the book, there's a story in there about the person who pointed it out to me in the moment that she pointed it out. And she was just saying that when you talk about teaching, And I was only referring to this one student for this one ad that I put up for tutoring. And she goes, you light up in a a way that, you know, there's like this aura around you that develops. And I can't help but like be drawn to that and be like excited to learn more and hear more and all of this. And then she said, you should find a way to have that happening all the time. And I was like, whoa, honestly, I didn't even know what the word aura meant back then. So I was like, I I don't know what that is, but I'm going to have to look this up. But I felt it was something important. And you know what? It's been, I heard, she told me that in 2006. So it's almost been 20 years. And I still remember that moment where we were sitting, you know, having breakfast and, and when like almost a table, and I even got to like 10 years later, sit at that table again. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this was the table where she told me this. And that moment really set yes. something off in my life that put me on this path. But to your point, I love that. You know, the direction could already be there. So it's not so much that we have to fabricate this brand new direction. So don't feel that pressure. It could be in our history. It could be in what we've done. And, and yes. if you have to just ask a friend who has gotten the outside view of you, they might be able to point it out. So let's go to the third point. Let's talk about yes. this other thing that you talked about false starts. Uh, you shared an interesting story about like how false starts apply to swimming, but you were really going into how it could apply to our careers and our lives. Tell us a little bit about what you mean by that and what we can learn from that. We set our intentions, like we decide to go to college and we decide that we're going to me- uh, major in something in particular. And then we get to college and realize or maybe we do major in it, but we realize that's not what we want to do. But there's such pressure to feel like 
I have to make, I have to have the decision. It has to be final and I have to follow through. And, and if you don't, you feel like, oh gosh, I made a mistake. And, and I'm saying, no, it's, it's not a mistake. It's, it's information so that, okay, if, if you eliminate something, then there's power there because you tried it and it, and it didn't work. And so I use the analogy of false starts because, you know, because these aren't false starts. Okay. But a false start is something that is so jarring, you know, it can disqualify you from the race. Like it, it, they're, they're major, like they're rules and they're strict things, um, in sporting events and particularly in swimming where it was like, yeah, you'll be out of the race, you know? So if you, if you have a false start and that's where my point was, we don't have to be so rigid with ourselves and with our choices. And it was like, go on and, and, and take that initiative. Or if you're thinking, oh, I want to go work over here. I use again, my start again with teach, with teaching. I knew that I wasn't going to teach forever. So for some people they'd say, well, it's not something I want to do. Why should I do it for two years? For me, I even said that's the hardest job I've ever had, you know, teaching in a public school and everything else. But I've learned so much by doing it. And it was like, so I I wouldn't trade anything for that. But had I limited myself and say, well, since that's not what I want to do, why would I start there? Like if I viewed it as a false start, there's certain skills and experiences that I wouldn't have today. So that was my point because when, particularly if you're raised as an athlete, there's certain rules, things are black and white, but our professional lives aren't like that. There aren't rules for us to follow. I love it. So, I, I mean, I, what I'm getting out of that is, you know, don't penalize yourself <laughs> because you're, you're the ref, you're the ref in your life. You're the ref. Yes. You're yes. the player, you you're the swimmer, the you're the ref, yeah. <laughs> you're the yes. gun, you're all the roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You're the water even yeah, exactly, at times. I'm yeah. sure. Well, we can, right. we can get really right. like uh, philosophical we can, we here. We can go. This can go deep. Yes. I love this metaphor. Yeah. Don't penalize yourself for a false start. Right, it's right. your rules, so they don't have there has they your doesn't rules. have to be a penalty. Your game, your rules. Exactly. Your game. Your I love rules. it. Let's leave yes. that one there. You mentioned in a post that you advise twenty somethings to get a side hustle. Tell us about that. So this comes from the standpoint of you're twenty something. You have more time and energy than you even know what to do with, and there's so much opportunity out there now that I just want you know, the 20 somethings to take advantage of it and to, to get that side hustle part, because like you go into a job and you may not even, there might be 10 layers above you. Um, but if you get that experience of, of actually having to, to serve a client, you know, maybe your side hustle is, is dog walking or it's, you know, it's organizing some babysitters or it's some digital consulting, you know, I mean, there's so many things that can be done. My point is to just try something. It was like, because, and not that it's, it's something you maybe are going to do forever, but again, what can that teach you about yourself? And then what can it it potentially uh, lead to? And, and it's also could potentially be one of those things that you will always have certain control because you know that at the end of the day, you can generate money for yourself. And so if you choose to stay in a corporate world, or if you choose to do something different, you at least have different things to compare, different experiences to compare. And so that's where it's like, you know, 20 something, it was like, you, you have time and energy, take advantage of it. Yeah. Try a side hustle right now. It was like, you, you can't lose. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, you're, 
you're taking what could have been decades of insight and experience and you are accelerating that process so that you can get more of it in a shorter period of time. And to your point, that serves you later when you have decisions to make, you'll have more to draw on as you're making those decisions. You know, I mean, for me, side hustles played a massive role and also just getting to know myself mm-hmm. better. I mean, I think I think right. you you would probably agree, no doubt, throughout your journey, you have just gone from like getting to know yourself better to even better and better after that. And even if you thought Absolutely. you knew yourself well, you're like, wow, I just learned something else about myself because you're, yes. you're consistently yes. pivoting and twisting into new places and new ideas. So there's a lot to be learned there. Absolutely. I love that. All right, let's wrap up. Now, this one was like such a simple post, but so powerful. Yes. So I so I don't know how long this one will take. I don't think it'll take that long, but yeah. it is an important one. And you talked about, essentially, you were talking about the power of massive action or more importantly, getting started. Day one, one thing, essentially telling us, just do that one thing to get started. Just get yes. started. Yes. Tell me about like, tell us, tell us all about getting started. Sure. So, and, and that was was actually something, you know, for, for myself, but I'm glad, you know, I put it out there in case other people needed it too, because I, I find that I, I'm, I can be real good at like at making the plans, you know, so, and thinking through all of the details of what needs to be done and, and putting it in this, this nice list or something, but there is, there's something to be said, like nothing beats action. You know, so that was the whole thing. It was like that when you take action, like as soon as you, you, you can't, you, you can't change course if you're not moving, you know? So that was about, it was like, whatever it happens to be, it was like, if you're thinking you have interest in a particular industry, then Google the industry or find someone you can talk to who works in that industry, or j- just, there is one thing that you can do that gives you more information today that will help you decide the next thing tomorrow. And so it's it's really about just that. It's about getting started and not just putting it off to, well, I'll do that when, I'll do that if. It was like, just what's the one thing you can do today that is going to give you more information to inform tomorrow's action? I, I love that because it can a pivot can seem so overwhelming. And like, there's so many things to catch up on. I'm so behind. This is a brand new field. And there's so much I have to learn. Yes. And, you know, I could see why, you know, the queen of the pivot herself would also need this reminder every now and then I know I need it plenty of times when I feel like I allow myself to get overwhelmed by a lot of details. When in reality, it's like, just do that one thing, figure out what that one thing is, and just go do it. Because and I usually call it like, you know, what's that massive action I can take that thing that one thing I do, that sets other action into motion as well, right. because then it helps build right. momentum so that I don't have, so it's not just one isolated action, but it's one that right. will about, will force at least two more actions. So if I start this yes. one, I kind of have to do the other ones now because I put myself out there in, a, in whatever way yes. I did. So I love that super powerful one, a great place yes. to, to wrap up this conversation. Thank you again for your time. Absolutely appreciate all of these insights. I love the way we did this. None of the episodes that I published uh, that I've done before were like this. And this was great because, you know, you and I talk about this same topic and obviously it's near and dear to us. Yeah, we could talk forever. I could have listed like 15 more of these. Right, right, right. No, I'm already like heavy on my list. I was like, okay, I've got all these questions for Roger. (laughs) Okay, call you you separately. The cameras aren't running. There we go. No, absolutely. I really feel like there's definitely more. And so um, stay tuned because I'll probably reach out and say, hey, let's do another episode. 
I, I'm, I'm here. I'm and here. And maybe we can riff on some no, of my I, topics. We'll look at some of my posts and I'm like, all right, I tell love me it. what you think about some of these ideas. Right, right, right. No, I, 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 I'd love to do that. No. And I also, I mean, just, just kudos on what you're doing with, with this podcast and the whole school of reinvention and everything. I just, you know, just, I think it's, it, it's awesome and it's so needed now. So, I, you know, so I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I think like you, this is, you know, we've learned this along our journey and mm-hmm. it, it feels right to share it. I feel, and I always have been sharing that people ask questions along yeah. the way. And I always help the, the, the next question for me was how do I scale this? How do I reach more people with the right. same information? I mean, right. if I've already shared it with somebody else, right. why not share it with more people? And for me, the book was a key part of that. And now the podcast is another key part of that. And, you know, I'm going to keep on working as I reinvent myself. Uh, on other ways to be able to distribute that, just like you know, you started with your LinkedIn posts and keep those up. Right, uh, they're great. No, I love them. I, I, I will. No, definitely, definitely. Thank you. I, I appreciate this opportunity to talk to you. And like I say, I I have um, I mean, it, it didn't come up here, but I I have a a podcast that was one of those like just get it out there yeah. type things. So I'll be tapping into you at some point, going, okay, now how did you decide this and that? Mm-hmm. You know, so happy to share. You know, so I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah, just a few absolutely. steps ahead of you on that journey. So just barely. Yeah, no, but I but 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 no, I'd love yeah. it. Like, you know, again. And so I say however I can be helpful to you and thank you for for just for reaching out. I really enjoyed the opportunity to have this conversation. Appreciate you. And uh for those listening Uh, If you look in the show notes, you'll find all of the links to get in touch with Andrea and you'll see all of the awesome things that she's doing and be able to follow her great content on pivoting. Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. You can also go to rogerosorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.